Hello beautiful people! I am so excited to drop this special feature episode on Christmas Eve. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. This episode features a wonderful woman named Lily Mott. She is originally from Evergreen, Colorado. She's received her bachelor's in journalism and politics at Washington and Lee University. She also talks about in the episode that she is currently attending Cardiff University in Wales as a Fulbright US UK scholar to pursue a master's in digital media and society. These things are so highlighted in this episode that I believe you will be just blown away by what she talks about. She is also a podcast host and has done radio and broadcasting as well. I am going to put all of her information in the bio of this episode, so please check her out and her platform. She is an amazing, amazing creator. One of the things that stood out to me is that she talks about in this episode that both of her parents are public school teachers, and this has motivated her and made her passionate about highlighting other change makers who are changing the world like herself. So please give this episode a listen and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. journalist, a student. I am the host of the Be The Change podcast, and I'm also the host of Be The Change On Air, which is a live radio show based in Cardiff. Um, I go to school in Cardiff, Wales. I'm actually doing my master's degree in digital media and society, which is kind of a mouthful way of saying journalism, Um, but I'm loving living in the UK. I'm actually, right now, I'm back in the United States in Colorado, where I'm from, But my passion is really storytelling. I also consider myself, I think the broad term is storyteller, because I really, really have a passion for amplifying people's voices Mm -hmm. and for sharing stories, especially those stories that aren't shared enough and may otherwise go unheard. And so my podcast began in 2020 during the pandemic, and I was interning for my congressman in Washington, D.C. when the Black Lives Matter protests began in June um, 2020, or end of May, and then into the rest of the summer. And I just saw this moment in history happening that was really led by young people for the most part. And I was really inspired by these high school students and college students who were leading these protests in Washington, D.C., shutting down entire streets, and thousands of people were at these protests. And I just really wanted to talk with them and then share their stories to my audience of mostly family and friends who didn't have the opportunity to be out on those streets and to see this really happening in real life. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a lot of news coverage around that time, but a lot of it wasn't really telling the stories of these people that were on the ground and doing this work to organize this movement. And so I thought that I would share their stories in kind of whatever way I could find. And Mm -hmm. I thought that doing a podcast was a great way to do that because it allows you to have these conversations 
without being there in person, mm-hmm. which I think was a huge, important part during the pandemic, because of course we couldn't um, get together and record these in person. So uh, my first couple of episodes, I always tell people, do not listen to those. I think that they're, I haven't listened to them <laughs> forever, <laughs> because I think I was just getting the hang of everything, and I am very self-taught, so everything was kind of Googling how mm-hmm. to do things, and mm-hmm. YouTube tutorials and stuff, and all of my first equipment was very just Amazon reviews, and it was, um, it was very just kind of slapdash throw together, but then it became more of an established weekly podcast where now I feature young activists, advocates, and change makers from around the world, and I've featured over 175 guests, and they come from all over. I think I'm at 25 countries um, at this point, and my listeners are also from all over, which is amazing because I think it started as a very local opportunity to share local organizer stories and then I actually went to university at Washington and Lee University in Virginia so when I moved around back home and to university I made it become more kind of national in scope and started to talk to activists from around the country and then I actually spent my junior year abroad at the University of Oxford so when I did that it became more international because I was meeting amazing people from all over and so yeah now it's now it's definitely more international, and I'm always looking for opportunities to talk with people, to share their stories, and I think, as we were talking about, it's kind of a weird experience for me mm-hmm. to be on the other side of the microphone, <laughs> um, but I also love to talk with people about their work, and I love to talk with anyone who can kind of resonate, especially with podcasting, which I think you can, mm-hmm. Anna, so I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Well, we're so excited to have you on, and <laughs> it's amazing to hear just kind of the countries you've been able to reach and the people you've been able to um, just interview. Um, one of the questions I did have is you were talking about kind of being the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement and um, just interviewing people um, and hearing their stories. I think that is so vital, especially with that movement, because it was so, like you said, heavily um, viewed on news um news stations and things like that and I think we can both agree that some of these stories were skewed and um not well represented so how did you find these interviews and um what were some things that stuck out to you while you did those interviews yeah definitely I think I always focus with but I guess my my biggest focus when I'm doing these interviews is to always make people feel very comfortable and very open to sharing as much or as little as they want. And I think that is how I've always tried to approach this podcast over the last three and a half years, because I think it's when, when people feel like they aren't being interrogated or like they aren't even really being recorded, mm-hmm. I think you get the best, most kind of authentic conversations from people. And I think when you make it clear, I'm not trying to you know, I don't have an agenda. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to, you know, pick a fight with you. Yeah. I think that's how you get the best conversations because you're listening rather than trying to figure out, oh, what am I going to say next? You know, mm-hmm. what am I going to ask this person? How am I going to um, get the best content out of them? Mm-hmm. That's never something that I have really thought about or a way that I've approached these interviews. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I first started with those first interviews with Black Lives Matter activists and organizers, I think that moment was very volatile in our country, and there was so much 
there were so many emotions tied to everything that was going on at that moment. It was the Black Lives Matter movement. It was the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you started your podcast too, Anna, at that time. So I think we can all attest it was just a very tumultuous time. And there was a lot of everything was high emotion. And so I think for me, I started the podcast on this foundation of just having a space where people could share their thoughts and whether people disagree with those when they're listening to the episode, that's totally fine. And I, I always tell people, please contact me, please reach out to me Mm -hmm. if you want to discuss what these guests are saying, what I said, but I think I've always created this platform for people to just share and for us to have a conversation, but a very supportive and open conversation, because I think that's when you get the best I think then people are just the most authentic mm-hmm. and you, you can really engage in the best conversation rather than coming at it in a combative way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's always been my prerogative when it comes to especially talking about sensitive topics on the podcast. And I'm sure that you approach it similarly. <laughs> I think it's it's great what you're doing. And I think, yeah, it's definitely a way that I've started and I've tried to continue with mm-hmm. that mantra, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And you've done it so well. I think that your interviews kind of speak to that, um, the way that your guests are so comfortable with speaking about what they love, what they advocate for, um, for either Black Lives Matter movement or any other topics that you've discussed. We discussed this um, previously, but have you faced any backlash for it? Um, And if so, what is kind of your way of either coping with that or helping people understand your viewpoint in those instances? Yeah, definitely. I think I'll build a little bit. I'll recap and then build a little bit with what we talked about on mine. But I think for my podcast, the, the thing that I try to make very clear is I think on my podcast, what makes it so special is that I talk with people who are activists and advocates for so many different issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing because I get to learn so much from them and my audience gets to learn so much. And I think there's also an episode for everyone when it comes to kind of whatever you're interested in, there's something for you. But with that, I think comes the obstacle that I don't know. I of course don't know nearly as much as Mm -hmm. a lot of my guests when they're talking about these issues and especially these issues that can be very sensitive, I think, such as um, civil rights, such as uh, gun rights, um, such as, I I think, um, abortion rights. There's Mm -hmm. so many of these issues that especially people who have been personally impacted by these issues, the conversations just need to be that much more sensitive Mm -hmm. and that much more open. And I think, for me, it makes me really nervous because since I don't know as much about Mm -hmm. all of these topics and there's no way to know as much sometimes I run into the issue where maybe I misspeak or maybe mm-hmm. I um, I use the wrong term or something like that when I actually publish the podcast. And um, I think for me, it's always a learning opportunity. And I think so many people have approached that with so much grace with me because they recognize that I am still learning, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity for them to share what's right with me and to kind of educate me on that issue a little bit as well. And I think so many of my guests have, there's only been a few instances where this has happened. I I can think of one where um, I was still learning about, especially this one, this one guest was um, in the process of changing their pronouns. And so I Mm -hmm. think for me, I, 
uh, that was a moment for me to learn a little bit more about how to properly ask people for their pronouns and how to do research and to make sure that I'm being as respectful as possible as an interviewer mm-hmm. in order to uh, just make everyone feel comfortable. And I think that's that's all I'm trying to do when I create this interviewing environment. And so I went back and actually fixed that episode, of course, just to make that guest feel as respected as possible. And they reached out to me and they said, just wanted to let you know, I'm actually mm-hmm. going by they, them pronouns and, um, no, no worries at all. I just wanted to make mm-hmm. you aware of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course. And you know, me being the person I am, I freaked <laughs> out and I immediately got on my laptop and fixed it and <laughs> recorded a new version. And, um, I think that that was really helpful because I think when people do correct you in a mm-hmm. really graceful way and in a way that allows you to learn rather than canceling you mm-hmm. or rather than kind of coming at you and making it more of a confrontational thing I think this person was so respectful with it which allowed me to learn and now I think I'm so careful and I've always been very careful with it but I think even more so just making sure that I'm using as or I guess learning as much mm-hmm. as I can from these conversations and always being open to correcting if need be and I think that's something that I hope I think that's something we need more in our society mm-hmm. is just people who are willing to maybe admit their mistakes and maybe change some things because I think that's a way that I am less nervous about making those mistakes because I know that most of my guests will be very welcoming to help me fix them um and so I think and like very open to helping me fix them so I think yeah I I think I'm less nervous now than I used to be about making some of those mistakes um and I think for me I think getting in my head is worse and my thoughts about that are worse because I think when I actually put it out into the world most people aren't criticizing it in the way that I am Um, and so I I wonder if you've also felt that way where maybe you're so critical of the work that you're putting Mm -hmm. out where you're like honestly I don't think that anyone even really cares about this but I just spent you know 20 minutes editing this five (laughs) second clip and now it's out there and who you know nobody really cares that much but um but yeah that's kind of my roundabout way of saying taken some time um and I'm always still nervous about it but I think I feel a lot more comfortable putting content out there now and feeling like people will be graceful with correcting me if need be (laughs) good good yeah you seem like such like a gentle soul that like literally is so considerate of others like I I feel like I need to learn from you (laughs) um but I think that's just like I totally agree with you that's just kind of being a podcast host is um learning how to make other people comfortable, how to, um, kind of highlight who they are, like you said, um, and I love that, like, we've both had kind of that, um, experience of just gracefulness with our guests um that speaks to you as a podcast host and picking your guests um and I I I think like there are instances where there is conflict that can't be avoided and that's okay that's a part of the learning process like you said um and I think it's so great that like you learned about that person's pronouns and you went back and you're like okay like as a podcast host this is my responsibility to like fix this for them and I I I imagine like you just like sent that person to the moon and the stars and they were like this person is just so like caring of like what I'm going through you know and so that just speaks to you as a podcast host and I think it's beautiful um and it it broadens your platform in so many ways because you know like we talked about a lot of people hear about 
podcasts and platforms from like talking through emails, talking through DMs, talking through and reposting stories. So I think it's so important to just be, like you said, authentic. Um, and hopefully like with that tinge of anxiety that you were talking about, hopefully there's some more confidence, um, in who you are and kind of what you've created. Cause it's, it's absolutely magnificent. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your experience in the UK. You were talking about that you were in Wales. And so um, doing different things like civil rights, um, abortion rights, different things like that, talking about those on your podcast. Have you seen a difference in either when you were in Colorado or Virginia to whereas you were in Wales? Um, Is political views different there? Um, Kind of describe that to us (laughs) yeah no absolutely I think I think that's a great question and I think that's something that I haven't really been asked that much before but it's definitely something that I've learned throughout my time podcasting because I think when I first started it was this local a very U.S. based audience as well I think it was um really just going out to people mostly in Colorado and then since my school is on the east coast in the east coast And as far as kind of terminology and even things like using the term high school, Mm -hmm. people in the UK don't have high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that last question that I ask, which it's, you know, lots of young people want to create change, want to make a difference. I had to change that because I used to say lots of young people, especially high school students and college students. And when you think about that question, going to an international audience, Mm -hmm that doesn't make a lot of sense to people who don't have high school and they don't refer to it as college. So like in the UK, it's, um, they, they don't call it high school. They just kind of, they, they have different Mm -hmm. names for it, but it's like a levels for your training to go to university. So they don't use the term college. So I think for me, it's been the terminology has had to shift a little bit as I've broadened my audience. And I also think like you're talking about with these issue areas, that's also been something that's interesting because I, I really want to be, when I'm older, I'd like to be an international correspondent because Mm. I've really fallen in love with this concept of translating issues between cultures. Mm. And that's something that this podcast has really allowed me to do because I think it's very difficult to take American issues and uniquely American issues like gun rights, for example, Mm -hmm. in order to translate that to international audiences, you have to be able to experience both Mm. cultures and you have to kind of have lived in both cultures to understand the nuances of certain issues like that and you have to have a lot of conversations with people and you have to live in the media landscapes Mm -hmm. of those places and I think that's been a real passion of mine and I've done it in I had this internship for this company based in Dublin Ireland actually and I worked for them remotely one summer and then actually lived in Dublin worked for them as well for another summer and one of my first assignments when I came back my second summer, because they trusted me a little bit more to actually produce content for their website. Mm -hmm. And one of my first assignments was to take a collection of articles about gun violence and Mm -hmm. to figure out how to present them in a way that it could, they have an international audience. So present them in a way that it would make sense to their international audience and use facts and figures Mm -hmm. to try to explain that issue to people who don't live in the U.S. and to people who maybe aren't as familiar with our culture. Mm-hmm. And that was such a, an impactful mm. experience for me. And that was a wonderful activity for me to try to do because 
I think it's very difficult to try to kind of paint the picture of living in a culture for people who may not have even visited that country before. And so that is something that I've really fallen in love with. And I've been able to practice on this podcast so much because I do have guests from a bunch of different countries and some of them English isn't their first language as well, even. So um, figuring out kind of the nuances of language and the nuances of these issues that they're passionate about and figuring out a way to package them for people around the world. That's been a real interesting challenge for me and I love doing it um so I think that's also been my motivation too I studied abroad in England for a year and now I'm back and now I'm in Wales and I just love being able to live in different places and being able to really experience different cultures Mm -hmm. and different ways of life and so I think I'm going to continue doing that for as long as I can um but yeah that's definitely been an interesting part of my podcast mm-hmm. that I didn't really anticipate that much, but it's something that I love doing and hopefully I get to continue doing it in you know, the podcast, mm-hmm. but also in other forms because it's definitely something that I really enjoy, but that's a great question. I haven't really been asked that explicitly. So yeah. <laughs> and I think it's so interesting. You were talking about the Dublin, Ireland, um, kind of project they gave you. I never thought about that either. Like, um, for like second amendment rights second amendment is solely based for the u.s and to think like um i don't know if you're familiar with like vox news they have um reporters and one of one of his like previous videos that i watched um was about kind of like what gun rights look like in other countries and one of them i think it was the netherlands not specifically sure but I think it was the Netherlands and they have like this big open gun range that people are like doing like shooting competitions but it's over like this highway and it's just so (laughs) it's so interesting to just see other like countries like views of like safety and um views of like okay so you can have an open gun range but you can't personally carry like a firearm you know things like that it's just it's fascinating, um, yeah. but um, yeah, definitely. I'll have to send it to you. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, I think one of my questions for you before we wrap up is just what you asked me, um, and if there's anyone who's listening who is like of the younger generation, and I, I think even now, like you were saying from learning from podcasting it can literally be anyone um I think you can do a lot of good no matter what age you are and so for anyone who is listening um do you have any piece of advice um if there are people who are wanting to be like national correspondents like you um do you have any advice about living in different countries um anything like that yeah I think it's funny because I ask this question so much and I haven't I hadn't really thought that much about my answer to it um and then I was on somebody else's podcast and he actually word for word asked me that question and I think it was really jarring for me because like oh my goodness what am I gonna say um I think for me a piece of advice that has really stuck with me and kind of propels my work um and especially the journalism that I do and the podcast work that I do is to whom much is given much is expected Mm -hmm. and I think for anyone who's listening to this I think that's a really important place to start with any of this work that you want to do I think it's really important to look at your background and maybe the way that you were raised or the people Mm -hmm. that supported you or the community that supported you 
when you were growing up and, um, you know, and, and what got you to this point that you're at now, because I think you can really find motivation and you can find ways to make a difference and ways to make change based on those, maybe based on the problems that are facing Mm -hmm. those people or those communities. And you can kind of figure out a way to, you can figure out what you're passionate about, but you can also figure out a way to solve some of those issues. Mm -hmm. If you take a look at your background and how you got here. And I think for me, that's been a big part of this work that I'm doing. I'm really passionate about sharing stories because I think growing up, I was supported by so many people who do amazing things in this world and they contribute amazing things. Both of my parents are public school teachers, for example, and I was really raised in schools. I, I grew up in, in schools more than I was at home for sure. And, um, so I think for me, I think about so many public school teachers and people who are in that line of work who do amazing things every day, but I don't think that they get the credit for it that they deserve. And I think they don't have their stories shared as much as other people who may be in other lines of work. And so I think that's been a big motivation for me that I want to share people like their stories and people, um, you know, people who are doing amazing work, but maybe aren't they're, they're, they don't have the microphone or their voices mm-hmm. aren't amplified in the same way. And so I think definitely look at your background mm-hmm. and see if there's anything in that that really inspires you and gets you fired up and makes you want to ch- want to create change. And I think then the second piece of that advice is odds are for someone who's doing something like that out there. And I think it's so important to reach out to those people mm-hmm. who are doing that work and who are also passionate about that work because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I think it's important to reach out for advice, to ask people how they started, to even listen to podcast episodes. I'm sure Anna has so many of them. I know that I have so many of them Mm -hmm. about people who are interested in the same things that you are and listen to the way that they got started with that work and use them as inspiration because Mm -hmm. you don't have to do it alone. And I think that was a big part of my journey that I definitely could have taken that advice a little bit better because I did it entirely on my own. I found my own microphone. I, you know, Mm -hmm. started using these editing softwares all just on my own. And if I would have reached out to people and they would have told me, ah, don't get that one, you know, try Mm -hmm. this one instead. I think that would have been a lot more helpful and it would have kind of fast tracked (laughs) me. So I didn't have to do as much experimenting as I had to do. And I would have had a quicker route to the podcast that I have developed now. And I think I would have had a better vision if I would have Mm -hmm. asked for help. So I think definitely ask for help, reach out to people, they're so willing to help you. I know that Anna mentioned on my podcast, she's always willing to reach, you know, if, if people have questions and I will say, I am not an expert by any means, but uh, I do have some experience and I would love to help if you need it. So yeah, definitely reach out. And I think it's important to tap into that community because mm-hmm. there are communities out there for pretty much anything that you're passionate yeah. about. So whether it's using social media, whether it's actually going in your community and doing it physically, that's mm-hmm. awesome too. I think there's so many resources out there. So it's just finding out what works for you. Yeah, for sure. And just to comment a few things before we close is that yeah. you were saying like trying to do everything on your own kind of like, I, I guess you felt like it stunted your growth, but it made you so resilient. Like you now like know how to do like all these things. I think that's so interesting because there definitely is two different paths to kind of starting a podcast. I think now that we're kind of in 2023 now, and it was 2020 when we started our podcast, there weren't a lot of like podcast, um, like 
already existing and so I think like we were both in the generation of like okay we have to be like entrepreneurs and do everything on our own and it it, it makes you resilient it makes you a well-rounded host I I believe um but I think like it, it's just such a great um, place where we are now in 2023 going into 2024 where there are people like Lily um, who just have so much experience behind them where I think it's just such a kind of opening gate where like anyone who wants to start one no matter what age you are there are so many people who are like okay I'll help you you know um, and it's such a great like platform just cut in yeah it's also I think that a lot of podcasters too deal with burnout because Mm. I think producing this content and going through the you know interviewing and editing and publishing Mm. I think it's something that a lot of people if they get started and if they kind of put their idea into practice Mm -hmm. and they create that podcast it's really hard for people to maintain it and keep going Mm -hmm. so I think like you're saying these communities of podcasters who are so willing to help it's also great to get connected with them because I think for me talking with you Anna, and you know talking with other podcasters it energizes me to keep doing mm-hmm. this and so I think it's not only getting started but it's also maintaining your mm-hmm. podcast and keeping it going because I think it's you definitely face that you know it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to ward off burnout but I think these conversations and tapping into those communities are so mm-hmm. important to keep going too. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's like what I was telling you at the beginning. I was like, I haven't recorded a podcast episode since like the middle of this year. Burnout is really real and I think like we both know a lot of people who have either a Instagram platform, TikTok platform, um, they've started a podcast and like it just you start it, you get really excited, you talk to other people and then like you're in that phase of like blank brainstorming sorry um and you like just fall like you're not in communication with others and things like that and so you just kind of fall into that burnout like you were saying um so just like lily said um there are amazing um podcast communities that will kind of try to uplift you as much as possible um and i'll try to like put those in the uh show notes of this episode but um just like I said, I think Lily wants to try to inspire people who are going kind of through that route of trying to highlight change makers and people who are really just um, changing history as we speak. Um, and so I'll put her Instagram and um, podcast in the link of this episode show notes. Um, and is there anything else you think we missed? I don't think so. I feel like this is such a great opportunity with like two podcasters to just be able to say like, we are a great resource, you know? And I think both of us are, we've had, you know, different experiences getting here and our podcast focus on different things, but we're both so willing to mm-hmm. help. And I think it's, it's just amazing. So I love this conversation. It was so much fun, but yeah, definitely reach out if anyone, if anyone has any questions <laughs> and also check out the podcast, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Little plug. <laughs> plug her in. Yeah. Um, but everyone check out Lily's podcast, Be The Change. Um, and I'm so excited to, like you said, just put this all together. So easy to talk to you. Um, and I hope you have a really Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too, Anna. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited. It feels so nice to be back in the U.S. and have a little break. So, <laughs> but yeah, have, have an amazing Christmas and New yeah. Year's and everything. Happy holidays. Thank you. <laughs>